This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Thanks for joining us for this second half of a very important conversation that we're having on death and dying with my good friend, Pastor Ed Taylor. Ed is the lead pastor at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and he sadly lost his oldest son, Eddie Jr., tragically. He joined Pastor Josh Harma and myself for this episode of Radiant Reflections to talk a little bit about his family's experience during this loss, the grief, the sorrow, the pain and suffering that they still suffer with today. Pastor Ed also has authored a wonderful book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. You can learn more about Pastor Ed's book and pick it up for yourself at calvaryco.store or edtaylor.org. Without further ado, here's Pastor Ed Taylor, myself, Pastor Josh Brown, and Pastor Josh Harma with today's edition of Radiant Reflections. I I just finished listening to a podcast with Kerry Newhoff and he was interviewing um, uh, Rick Warren, which as you know, uh, Pastor Ed, uh, Rick lost his son uh, as well. Different circumstances, uh, but lost his son. But one of the things that Rick said in this podcast was that believers who are coming alongside someone like yourself, who is experienced loss unspeakable unknowable by anyone on the outside uh to the magnitude uh he he said that when you when you come you you show up and shut up (laughs) show up and shut up is what he said don't come with and maybe you're going to get into this but uh, i would love to hear you know i know ed because you and i've had some conversations that you've had some christians say some really dumb and hurtful <laughs> i'm just gonna say it, stupid things to you in the midst of of what you and marie faced sure. uh what can you how can you pastor us on the other side and tell us about that show up and shut up kind of thinking yeah i think you know we did experience quite a bit of interesting uh comments and responses because you know we kind of leapfrog from me sitting on the couch the lord eventually did get me up uh i started visiting other churches the lord spoke to me and goes you you got to go back you got to go home you lead this church you go back to what i called you to do and so coming back you know that stirred up so much in our church and uh and people wanted to express their grief you know that they want to express their sympathy they want to express their empathy and they're they're coming alongside of us and 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 i think that uh inevitably i i don't think i met anyone that i can think back now nothing comes to mind marie marie's always good at this because she has a much better memory than i do but in my memory i really don't recall anyone in that category wanting to do great damage or wanting to hurt us right but they did say just really bad things i think of the gal that came up after a sunday service and and you could tell she was very emotional. She was a little shaky, waiting in, you know, waiting. Uh, we don't, we, we stay up at the stage. So people are coming up to the stage and ministering to all the pastors. And of course, a lot of people want to talk to me because I'd been gone. And, and she comes up and she said something along the lines of, you know, Pastor, I'm very sorry for your loss. I know exactly how you feel. Uh, my dog died three weeks ago or oh. something like that. And, 
And it was then in that moment, though, that the Lord really reminded me and, and taught me. Uh, I don't know that I've, I would have ever even been open to this lesson had pain not entered into my life. What That, that you know, it, I got this, this impression from the Spirit that this person loves you, Ed. They mm. don't know what to say. This is all they can come up with. Yeah. So receive it and receive it as a receive it as a statement of love they're trying to connect with you and and that's how i that's that's the posture that i've taken ever since you know I, it's okay people i don't want people to understand the pain i don't want right. them to enter into i don't want them to have to think about their losing their child it, it's perfectly okay um however on the other end you know that also opened up an opportunity for me to really teach the church how to how to handle these things and and how to be less uh pain, how to how to be less hurtful mm-hmm. uh, even if they're not doing it on purpose hurt yeah. is hurt and 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 try to train and disciple part of our discipleship is you know and i think of the friends of job the whole book of job is filled with uh the opinions and the attitudes of his friends but before they ever get to that, they just sit there in silence with him. Mm. Um, the best thing they could have ever done was just be there. We call it uh, the ministry of presence. I don't think we made that up, but we use it a lot here. And um, that's what recently with Boulder, you know, I was in California when it all went down. And we were at the airport when I got word that what was happening in Boulder uh, with this uh, mass shooting at a supermarket here. And I called back to uh, to the office and I said, hey, get get word out. Uh, to the pastors that we're going to go up there tomorrow. Um, and because we know there'll be a memorial, we'll know there'll be people there um, with our experience here in, in Aurora with the theater shooting. Um, yeah. And 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 we don't know we don't know what we're going to do. We just know we're going to be there. We know we can do more being there than we can not being there. So let's go. And then we'll figure out, the Lord will lead us. We'll figure it out when we get there. And that's really the best thing to make ourselves available uh, to to step into someone's pain and just be there without adding any extra burdens on them. Uh, you know, one of the things that you can do, um, what, what, there's a few things you can do to people that are hurting, but one of them is, is there anything I can do for you? Like that, that's such a heavy question to someone that's hurting because inside they're like, I have no idea. I don't even know what to do for myself. Now you want me to figure out for you what you can do. Um, Rick Warren said the same thing, Ed. He said that exact same thing. Don't ask someone that don't make them think about that. That's good to hear it from you too. It's, it's super it's it. And it's in, it's well-intentioned. It's not nothing bad about that, but you put a burden on, there's a burden to go. Now I got to figure out, I can't even figure out what I'm doing. Um, now I got to figure out what you want to do, hmm. and and you just don't even have an answer. You're just like, no, I don't. Usually your your default is no, no, no. I, I and then you start. Then then it, then the then the other person, the enemy, loves to work in this because then the other person, well, he doesn't care, doesn't want my help, and and it's just a recipe for disaster. But hmm. I think the best thing we can do is is be there and be available, and we change our questions. You know, like for example, um, is there anything I can do for you? You can do, you can change that a couple different ways. One, you can just do whatever you think you need to do. Um, if that's cook, then just give them the food. Um, they can always throw it away. That's an easier thing to do. Yeah. Um, if they, if they don't need it, they can just throw it away. 
Uh, and you can give them permission. He goes, here, I, I didn't want to burden you. This is my favorite dish. We've shared it. If, if you don't want it or it goes bad, just throw it away. Throw the container away. Don't worry about it. And you're releasing them from any external burdens. I mean, it was so much that I wrote, you know, one of the things I started doing after, um, after the loss of Eddie was I started writing on grief. Um, you know, my wheelhouse uh, in ministry is ministry leadership and servanthood and training and discipleship. And I wish I could do that the rest of my life. Um, I do that on my website as well, but uh, I also write specifically to grief. And I wrote an article here that says five things not to say to your grieving oh, friend. Nice. Um, and and I write it as such, uh, don't say, but instead say. And so I'll give the five of them to you. It says, the first one is, don't say, I know exactly how you feel. Instead say, I'm deeply sorry for the pain you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um uh, second one would be, don't say, how are you? Instead say, how are you right now? I mean, think of the question, how are you? Um, if you came to me and uh, even eight years later, like it's, that's a ambiguous question. Like, what do you mean? How am I? What do you mean? Are you talking about my son? Um, then I feel absolutely horrible and crappy and I probably will the rest of my life. Is that what you want to hear? Or do you want to hear how I'm doing right now? Which right now I'm not doing bad at all. Um I'm I'm encouraged. I'm eight years down the road, and and it just changes the. It doesn't sound like it would be that big of a deal, but it is. Uh, it's a huge thing, especially in the acute phase of grief, um, in those earlier days where you know just assume that they're doing horrible. Yeah. Uh, just assume and just step into their life and be available to them. Yeah. Um, here's another one you mentioned earlier with Romans eight. You know, don't say God works all things together for good for those who love him. Instead, say Jesus loves you and he understands grief. Um, While the first statement is totally true, um, it's not incredibly helpful in the moment. Um, It's it's a beautiful truth and it will be helpful. Let me let me be clear. It will be helpful soon enough. Uh, It will be an anchor to a person that is grieving soon enough. It will be that bed of hope soon enough, but not in the acute stages. Or here's another one. <laughs> this, this is, these are from experience, by the way. <laughs> I didn't make them up. Um, and, and this is another one. It says, don't say, you look pretty bad today. <laughs> you shouldn't say that ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's there's like, ever an appropriate time to, to use yes. that one. Um, but instead say, I love you and haven't forgotten you. You know, again, those cues that we see, you know how believers are, man. They, it's, yeah. we, we need to learn how to take these ver- nonverbal cues and, and, and use them as, as opportunities to pray through. Um, you know, as a pastor, you really train yourself. Um, nobody, you know, trains you in this. You, you, you pick it up along the way, but you, you really train yourself to pick up on nonverbal cues, on body language, on faces. Um, you know, even even somebody crying doesn't necessarily mean they're sad, but you can watch their body, uh, and that'll pretty much tell you what kind of crying that is. And yeah. and and being able to step into them, um, you know, I love how uh, Rick Warren's always able to take everything and put it into um, put it into pithy statements. You know, show up and shut up. I personally probably wouldn't use that as a way to encourage, I would take that statement and say, show up and stay available. Um, and because I don't think you're going to shut up. I think you are going to talk. 
I, th- I think I think you need to learn how to go. Al- you know, sometimes we think we have to control everything, but we need to learn how to go along with them on their journey. We need to, uh, when we show up, I don't think it's always appropriate to shut up. I think it's sometimes or many times, most times appropriate to learn how to go to meet someone on their terms, to meet someone on their, where they're at, to step into their life and walk with them. You don't have to lead, you know, I don't know what it is about us, but we just think, especially as pastors and leaders, right? We, we just think we have to lead everything. We don't have to lead anything. Um, we can just show up and be a regular friend, believer, and let that other person's deep, painful journey lead us and we'll go wherever they want to go. Now, I mean, and you hit on a little bit of this, but why do you guys think there is such a, such a, a desire people show and we have trouble sometimes showing up without some sort of solution, you know? So, right. so the, Hey, like, what can, the fixer. I, what, what can I do? You know, like, I mean, we're, we're trying to get, well, there's gotta be something that I can do because I need to be able to bring something to the table. Why do you yes. guys think we have such a hard time not having an answer or, you know, not having a solution that we can be a part of? You know, I think it's the the culture that we live. In. It's a multifaceted answer. You know, first the culture that we're that we live in uh, values knowledge. Uh, it, it the the hierarchy of relationships usually hinges on how much money you have and what your title is and how much knowledge you have, and that's tr- certainly true in the church. I mean, think of it, think of it in the church today. Uh, and this is whether it's spoken out loud or it's spoken uh, indirectly. Big church equals success. Uh, not so big church equals not success, and and so what what do guys do? They just do everything they can to build and grow a church. They try every technique, everything that's possible, so that somehow internally they can feel good about themselves. And I know it gets under it gets couched under the the idea of uh, the gospel and reaching the lost, but a lot of times it's not reaching the lost at all. It's just emptying other smaller churches. Uh, that have this vi- this this sense of a lack of viability because they're small. So small, big. That's our culture. Our culture is you're hurting. Um, the solution should be you're not hurting anymore. Uh, that's just how our culture is. Hurting is bad. Uh, not hurting is good. Uh, so we do everything we can not to hurt. Right. Same with aging. Um, old is bad. Young is good. So I'm going to spend millions of dollars trying to look young, even though I'm absolutely not young. Uh, and never will be. I'll never be 16 again. So um, uh, that that's and so those those subliminal and they're not even subliminal. Um, probably saying that word wrong, but um, they're not even uh, they're not even under the radar anymore. This is right in your face type of culture where now when you're hurting, my default somehow becomes I need to help you and show up in a position of strength. But that can be that is so contrary to the Bible. Um, the Bible teaches us, Paul t- gives us this great insight in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 about the great God, or, or what, what he says, the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. And the, one of the purposes of that comfort, and that's what he highlights, he highlights the God of all comfort, us receiving that comfort, and the, one, of the whole, one of the main purposes of us receiving the comfort of God, he says in chapter one there, is so we can comfort others in every tribulation, he says. Hmm. And so you have the cultural impact that is contrary to the scriptures. I think if we just allowed the Bible to say what it says in all its harsh, in all its hard uh, rawness, it would, it would solve a lot of our problems um, because 
we're, we're not approaching life from the Bible. We're approaching life from someone's interpretation of the Bible. If you just read it and just let Jesus sound, just, just like picture yourself walking with Jesus. He looks you in the eye and says, you're going to have a lot of trouble in your life. Uh, oh, oh, it's not just that guy in Acts chapter nine. He's going to suffer all. I'm going to have everyone listening to me right now. Um, yeah, you're going to have it. So that, that, that lays before us and I, uh, the, the idea of what life's going to be. It's going to be super hard. And, you know, our, our culture, especially, again, what you guys mentioned, American Christianity, Western Christianity, is, is measured in size, in dollars. I mean, you guys are pastors. You know, if you go to a conference, um, the conversation is pretty much how many people do you have? How yeah. big is your budget? Um, blah, blah, blah. And not how many hurting people have you ministered to? Are you, how about this one? This, how about you want to change the culture of people around you? People will stop talking to you, but that's okay. Not everyone will. Um, but you want to change, you look at them and go, how are you doing? Um, what, what pain did you experience this week? How's your marriage? Um, how are you feeling with your prodigal kid? Um, but, but I can say this, this is amazing. Um, there are, a lot of people will leave you like Jesus, you know, a lot in John six, remember he said hard things. And then it says, uh, from that point on, a lot of his disciples left and followed him no more. So pain, that's another thing I learned, um, you know, in reading, uh, uh I read a lot, I'm a reader. So, uh, I read a lot. And one of the things, one of the quotes, see if I can find it. There was a quote from, uh, C.S. Lewis in his book. He says, I see people as they approach me trying to make up their minds whether they'll say something about it, which for him was the loss of his wife or not. He says, I hate it if they do, and I hate it if they don't. And and so now, you know, in terms of pain, when people know that you have pain and uh, friends, some people come around, some people don't. But when you start to minister to people in that level, it adds to your ministry. People, it may take some time, but over time, People's trust build in you, and they start sharing things with you that they would they don't share with anyone else. I had someone do that just recently. They shared with me something that three other people know about in their lives. Um, another pastor, and I would I would have never in a million years guessed the kind of things that this brother's been walking with for the last ten years. Never mm. in my a pastor, you know, would have never known because his personality is different. And after all these years in in another encounter, he just, for whatever reason in the environment there, opened up to share. And, and I'm certain there was a release. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what God was doing in his heart, but I do count it a privilege to be entrusted with that, to be entrusted with that brother and to pray for him in this area. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me add one more thing um, before we move on. Cause I know we're almost done. But um, another reason why is we are prideful and arrogant, and we think we can and will fix everything that we ever touch. <laughs> um, there's just a pride and arrogance where we think we think a person needs to be fixed. Um, like we think we, if it was me, I would never respond that way. Um, and so I'm going to go into your life, and I'm going to tell you how to live. Um, again, it's yeah. a cultural Christianity. Um, yeah. Jesus didn't even do that. Um, Jesus, he, the only people he did that to were the hyper hyper, hypocritical religious people. Otherwise he led people and he taught people and he knew as being God that the Holy spirit would do that work in their lives. So Jesus doesn't even act like many of many of the people that we deal with and people that we're discipling and teaching and, and we want to help them understand that 
to walk into pain um, and to be available. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Now, and do you, do you feel like that's something that's more prevalent with, with somebody who's in a pastoral role or you just think across the board? Again, we, we tend to have that, across that the board. pride and arrogance and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, and I, th- I think it's not. I, I, you know, again, these are. It doesn't apply to everyone, but I, I do know that if you and I, after we hang up today, if we pray, God, would you show me arrogance and pride in my life? He'll show you because we got plenty of it. Um, and and so it's. I don't know that it's the primary motive, but you know, you get you become so familiar with these sins that you don't even pay attention to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so think about this. Um, think about this. You get a call um, today for a pastoral visit to your church, and. You take the call and you go, well, you know, I feel good today. I think I'll take that visit. And you walk on, and I'm going to really help them get through it. And I, I've got my scriptures. And I've even got this little book that I'm going to give them and tell them, read this. And by tomorrow, you, like, like if you did that, you know, we, I, would, I would call your board and say to bring you in uh, for an interview again to say, um, why would we do that? We're going to go over. We yeah. don't know what we're going to walk into. We yeah. don't know who's there. We're going to take our Bible. We're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I think that that's the place we want to come to. But, but, you know, if you think about the pride and arrogance, it's also tied around, man, that's a situation I never want to experience. I don't know how to handle it. So I'm going to pretend that I do know how to handle it. Mm. And we, you know, we don't, we have no, even those of us have been doing this for a while, we have no idea what we're doing. It's the spirit of God's going to tell us what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good because there is there is a I mean and you allude to that in 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 the book as well I mean every there's nuance to every situation you know somebody else who lost a kid you know might not necessarily be responding the same way that you did uh, they might have different That's factors right. I mean so no no two situations are going to be exactly like where you can't roll and be like Psh, I got this like I, I know exactly what to say to this person yeah. well like Rick Rick Warren's loss of his son versus your loss of Eddie. Um, same loss you both are without your sons but he's probably seeing it in a different way um given the way that his son died that's unique absolutely to to his situation which for the listeners and viewers rick warren's son committed suicide um which was was very different than a, a health trauma that that comes upon a person's life like it did Eddie. Um, back not, to what you were saying about not the easier or no or, no no. You know, I mean, same loss than necessarily, but yeah. but the processing you know is probably going to be slightly like you said nuanced, Josh. But back to uh, uh, what you were saying about that pride and arrogance, man, I could not agree more with that. Ed. And and uh, one of the phrases the Lord speaks to me from time to time. He says to me, nobody asked you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody asked you. Why, why are you offering that idea? Or why, why are you saying that thing in this particular situation? Grief or not, no one asked you. And uh, I want to lean, uh, as a follower of Jesus, I want to lean into that more and trust, what, like you've just said, trust the Holy Spirit to speak through rather than intellect or experience or all the things that we have as humans but just allow the Holy Spirit to have a voice in that moment. Yeah, and like you, you yeah, I think of that. Go ahead. I would just say, as leaders, you know, we 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 have been trained like we are. People do come to us for answers. They do come mm-hmm. to us for help. And you do it long enough, and you see the work of God in people. 
there's something morphs into our lives where we think we were really the ones that did it mm. or we were really ones that solved it. And that gets solidified in your mind. Uh, and, and before you know it, you look back. I remember, Josh, I appreciate that phrase that you use because I remember, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I've, I've adopted a really a, a new philosophy of ministry over the years. And that is, I'm not going to give you my opinion unless you ask for it. Mm. Um, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you. But otherwise, it's I don't need to assert my opinion into every ever every conversation into every. It's what that's what social media has done to us, whether mm. we like it or not. Yeah, it has conditioned us right. to insert our opinion on, especially contrary opinions on just about every single topic possible. Yep. and to become very combative, to become very angry, and to actually break relationships instead of form them. Because your view, even if it's different than mine, uh, is very important for me to hear, know, and understand. And it could you could be the right opinion. I could be the right opinion. Or together, if we form our opinions and we mesh them together, maybe together we're actually stronger in our view of something than we are just arguing about it all the time. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, hey, as kind of as we as we wrap up, you know, you, you brought up C.S. Lewis and and something that he had said. Uh, he has a quote, and I'm I'm fairly certain this is in his book, Problem of the Problem of Pain. Uh, he says, "God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that not that you were <laughs> deaf uh, before Eddie passed away." But in what ways, walking through grief and still now experiencing it, in what ways have you been able to see and hear God more clearly you know, as a result of, of what you've experienced uh, compared to prior to that experience? That's a, that's a really good question. I think the looking back now, eight years, almost eight years, I, I think I've, I've become more in tune with the pain that's around me uh, more than mine than I've ever had in my in in the in totality of ministry. Um, I, I don't want to be an expert on pain. I don't. I I, I didn't ask for this. I, I, mm. I actually, in some ways, don't want it. But I have become more attentive to the hurt and pain around me. Uh, it's it's transformed the ministry under my care. Uh, it's transformed. You know, and this this is the this is a general statement where. The folks in your church usually, the folks in a church usually associate most with the pastor, pastor and the pastoral leadership there, and they associate with your story. So part of my story is um, being saved out of alcohol and drugs and an abusive relationship toward my girlfriend, that type of thing. So people that want to be um, freed from alcohol and drugs, they usually come to our church because there's a living, breathing example in the pulpit, and it gives them hope. Uh, and so a lot of people like that are drawn to our church. And now, of course, in the last eight years, a lot of hurting, difficult situations have been drawn to our church because they also, now, now there are people that have lost children, have lost dads. Have, loss is loss. I mean, it really is. Loss is loss. Grief, grief feels the same way, no matter the mechanism. Um, you know, and that's grief. We grieve a lot of things. Um, changes, losses, you know, when, a, when somebody divorces, there's grief. When, when a child, you know, this was an interesting thing. Uh, when a child graduates high school and leaves the house and goes to college, there's great grief in that house yeah. because there's a transition of life. I didn't, I, I would have never thought of that before ever. I don't know, even know if I would have ever experienced that. 
and and so the the sensitivity to now I recognize um, God has added. I, I I see it as an addition to my life and ministry. I see it as an addition to my personal walk with the Lord, where I, I want to be attentive um, to hear His voice for my own sake, for me personally. I want to be encouraged and comforted and whatever it might be in the day. But I also want to be sensitive that man, you know, I, I you know, there's. It's thousands of people I get to minister to every week. Uh, I would say out of 4,000 people, 3,500 of them are going through something serious. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's just the way it is. And so I better, I need to remember that. I need to remember that walking into someone's life, I, I need to be careful not to prejudge them. I need to be careful not to have some attitude toward them, but I need to enter into a conversation with the posture of, I wonder if this person's okay. Uh, and make sure that if I do have an opportunity to communicate with them, that I want to um, affirm them as a human being and affirm them in their pain, affirm them in their position. And and I believe that's the heart of Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? Um, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Have you ever mm-hmm. been lost before? Yeah. Like it is the most one of the most difficult places to be, especially if you've been lost. I know lost for us usually is means we are in a new land and our GPS is wrong and we uh, we might be late, but let's let it be what it is. Um, I have an appointment. I don't know where I'm going and I'm lost. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's not a good feeling. And Jesus came to seek out the people with really that are not, not only are they um, not doing well, they probably don't even know their own lostness. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I, I find myself uh, loving God, clinging to him a lot more for me, for my wife. Our, you know, our marriage made it, our kids made it through that, that crisis point. I mean, we all still have our days and such, but we made it through and, and the Lord showed himself faithful. Even if he didn't, even if we didn't acknowledge it, he still showed himself faithful, but we can acknowledge it and enjoy it and not be defined by the circumstances in our lives, but to be defined by our great God. Oh, that's good. Uh, Josh, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I've heard about 10 different podcasts today <laughs> from pastor Ed. I think we could, we could unpack this a lot more and uh, other things, um, just glean. So mm-hmm. oh, thankful. So, I mean, and you, so Ed, as, as we, as we wrap it up here, you did reference, you know, you, you've written this article about the five things, you know, Hey, don't say yes. this, say this instead. Uh, where can our listeners and viewers go to access the resources? Again, I mean, you've, you've, you've got, you know, books and, you know, you've got teachings, you've got, you've got material out there. Where can people connect with you on those things? Yeah, I think two, two websites of all that we're doing will be the best. My, my personal website is edtaylor.org. It's T-A-Y-L-O-R, edtaylor.org. And let me just put, uh, let me, let me just say, don't go to edtaylor.com. I don't own that one. It belongs to a professional Santa Claus uh, (laughs) who is extremely successful. Uh, and, uh, He's not selling. I the am dot not com. Santa Claus. Okay, I'm just curious. How do you become a very successful professional Santa Claus? I'll tell you. Uh, the pandemic. So I've been trying to get this domain for years. The dot com. Uh, sure. And yeah, back in the day when we first started looking, it was just a one page landing page with this guy, Santa Claus looking guy in a Hawaiian shirt who was doing different gigs at malls. But the <laughs> pandemic. 
uh, chain complete. He did a couple. He did something on TV. I don't know what it was that that was huge. Maybe a movie or something. And then the pandemic. These guys were charging, and this guy in particular was charging like three hundred dollars for fifteen minutes of a Zoom call with Santa. It opened up this whole new vista, <laughs> bro. We're in the wrong business. Of, of opportunity for him. Uh, but he's super. Wow. I, I haven't been on his website in a while. But he's so go to dot org. We don't don't if you want Santa information, O-R-G. go to the other one. But um, <laughs> O R G is so important. So edtaylor.org and uh, and then our website for the church here will connect you with all of everything that we're doing is Calvary Co, which is for Colorado Calvary Co dot church those are the okay. ways you can get a hold of me and if you email me it comes straight to me i answer all my personal email my assistants never see them um i i so if you reach out to me uh personally you i will minister to you personally yeah i can i can attest that that's true you're forgetting one thing pastor ed um and we'll ask our yes. producer to zoom in on my phone here that i use the overcast <laughs> app for my podcast part of my my podcast routine uh, is listening to the Lead to Serve podcast with Pastor Ed Taylor. It's a leadership yes. podcast, um, servant leadership podcast, which is a unique perspective yep. that Pastor Ed shares. I would encourage you, uh, listeners and viewers, go back to the first episode, subscribe to this podcast, and listen to all of the content. I'm not trying to make you blush here, Pastor Ed. This is gold. It, this is gold content. Um, so subscribe uh, to the Lead to Serve uh, podcast it's awesome yeah we're just working on um on version number on season number three uh mm-hmm. we're finishing up a book i just finished called sure and steady um mm. learning how to grow in pastoral ministry and uh we're going to adapt that for the podcast and talk about the principles that make for a good elder good leader good pastor good servant leader um it's just one of those gaps that i've found over the years that you know, simple things. I know that simple things, but they need to be talked about. Like, for example, um, a pastor is regularly a good, clear communicator. Um, you know, like, let's talk about what it means to be a clear communicator um, and wh- wh- how that'll make you a better leader, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing new. It's probably something I read from someone, but we've digested it <laughs> and talk about it. I think what's unique about your Lead to Serve podcast, particularly, Ed, you know, there's a billion and one leadership podcasts out there. There's tons of them. Some of them are, are really great. Uh, but yours is really rich with the word of God. So you couple yeah. the the leadership principles that you've learned as, as a pastor um, and, and you, you draw the word of God into that conversation, I think in a unique way, which for pastors, particularly that's what, that's where I think um, you're going to experience the most growth as you're listening to lead to serve because you're going to hear experience from pastor ed but then also uh the the defining principles from god's word it's awesome which is what you called yeah, well, thank you, know, you called us to earlier and you said read the bible yeah <laughs> read the yeah. bible what is this? the bible says yes. we're gonna have trouble we're gonna have trouble you know yeah. so yeah that comes to bear that on leadership yeah. as well so yeah very cool. Hey, Ed, we appreciate you taking time mm-hmm. out of out of your day to to spend this time with us. This uh, this has been a great conversation, uh, and I really I think this is going to be uh, really helpful to people uh, just as they process through their grief as they uh, seek yeah. to uh, come around those in their sphere of influence that are grieving. Uh, I think this has been this yes. been really good stuff. So we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. And and I would say one last thing: if anyone is listening and they want some direct help 
or they want somebody to pray for them, here's my personal cell phone number, Mm. 720-608-0012. That will get you to my phone directly, and I will respond to it directly. I am not the solution, uh, but I can be a gap to help you Mm. and connect you with whoever, wherever you are in the world. I'll find a pastor for you, uh, connect you in a local body, and pray with you, and um, yeah. You can use that anytime. Very cool. Rock and roll. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, Ed. Hope you uh, get out there and enjoy uh, the snowstorm that you guys have. <laughs> you guys, on does that mean you guys are going to come and shovel it? Uh, it'll probably melt by the time we get yeah. there. I'm going to be in Castle Rock coming up here for the, uh, the, the pastor's conference, so maybe I can connect with you and Josh and get a coffee. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we're not going to be there, but yeah. um, we heard it's happening. Yeah. But hey. yeah, maybe we can get some coffee if we're in town. Yeah, Saunders, right? Saunder, yeah, or yeah. we serve Saunder at, at our at ours as well. So, yeah. but Josh has all the. You I know, know he's got the donut places yeah, his, and everything. He's, his son Josh is is a is a foodie and a coffee expert. But uh, hey, if you're listening or you're watching uh, Radiant Reflections right now, we want to encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, and yeah. uh, again today head over and check out uh, Ed stuff. Yeah, because, lead to serve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It sounds like he's got some good material. We've heard some of his material today, and it's awesome. So, yep. again. Yeah, uh, edit out the donut comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, people like donuts. You know any that's, good editors? That's okay. You know, <laughs> no, so they as they a, don't as have a, rule, a good producer. That's right, as, as a rule, we don't edit anything out of the podcast. We just. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. So, we just, we just let it go. Yeah. But uh, rock and roll. Well, hey, uh, listeners, viewers, thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, again, another one in our Death and Dying series. Uh, mm. You can hear all of our mm. stuff on whatever podcast platform you like or you can watch us on youtube so yes good good place to go or you can track us down on the radiantlife.church for more information about mm. the church body that this podcast originates from so thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time bye thanks for listening to radiant reflections the podcast of the radiant life church in sturgis michigan we hope today's edition of radiant reflections has helped you live like jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.